and began to convict him about judging this fellow and criticizing this guy. And he heard the Lord and thankfully repented. And when he looked at his hand, he had the nozzle turning towards his face. <laughs> and that's a good story. Because when you do that, I'm going to tell you, when we point our finger at others and we say things about other people, that's what we're doing. It's coming back to you, except for it ain't your finger that's coming back, it's God's finger. You hear what I'm saying to you? And it causes us not to be able to see the Lord. Why are people religious? Well, they don't see the Lord, they don't perceive the Lord, they don't hear the Lord, they just flop over to this other stuff that doesn't work because that's all they know to do. That's one of the reasons. There's another side of the coin, and I would like to address this right quick, like putting people on pedestals. When we put people on pedestals, we're, not, we're talking about seeing people properly. We've got to get people off pedestals. Whoever you've put on a pedestal in your life, you better get them off because only the Lord belongs on that pedestal. This is what Paul said. He said something like this. I sowed, Apollos watered. He who sows and he who waters is nothing. It's because God gives the increase. He who sows, he who waters is nothing. It's God. That's what he was saying. He, he was saying, don't, don't put me on a pedestal. Don't put Apollos on a pedestal. We've got to get people off pedestals. We've got to, start, we've got to quit lifting people up that don't deserve to be lifted up. And I don't know anybody that deserves to be lifted up. All people are are gardeners. That's all they are. One of them's out throwing seed, one of them's watering, and we're going to elevate these gardeners like there's something special. Now, I'm talking about in the church, how we elevate, you know, people who have or who are gifted people. Oh, these are wonderful people. They're special. They're this, that. They're gardeners. That's all they are. We're going to lift a gardener up over the Lord. And you know what we do when we do that? We cause something to go wrong in the spirit realm. And that's why you see a lot of these gardeners fall. Because God has to knock them off the pedestal. Because they get to believe in it. They're just gardeners. Whoever your Bible, greatest Bible teacher, or greatest spiritual hero walking on this earth, he's just a gardener. You need to get over that thing of putting them up on a pedestal. Get them off the pedestal, put the Lord up there. Because I'm going to promise you, they're going to, some of them's going to hurt you, break your heart. Some of them's going to break your heart. Because they're going to fall off that pedestal. They don't believe, they don't belong there. And, you know, we've done that to people in this country. We have a tendency to elevate people. Now, I'm not talking about dishonoring somebody. You know, the Bible says, give honor to whom honors you. I honored my daddy, my natural daddy. I honored him. I loved that man to the death. But I knew that man. And he didn't deserve to be on no pedestal. He had a lot of problems in his life. But I still loved him and honored him as my, as my father, my earthly father. And I, you know, tried to behave around him, you know, and not do stuff that would hurt him. So I'm not saying don't dishonor those Christian leaders or that if it's a sports person or whatever it may be, give honor to who I'm going to get them off the pedestal because you're hurting yourself and you're ultimately going to hurt them. Have you got that? And I think that's really something the Lord's been dealing with people. There's a lot of Christians that are having hard times now. Are y'all with me? Okay. Then he put his hands on his eyes again, verse 25, and made him look up. 
you know, lift your vision higher. Remember that? And you will see the Lord. And it says he was restored and saw what? Everyone clearly. He saw every... Again, we're talking about people. Everyone. So, what I'm, here's the thing. You may not get there in one step, what I just said to you. You may not get there. You may not quit judging today. You may not quit criticizing today. You may not quit putting people on pedestals today, but you're going to take a step towards it today. And then tomorrow when you feel tempted to do it, you're going to say, God, touch me again. Please touch me. So I won't criticize again. Touch me where I won't judge. Touch me where I won't put people on pedestals and think more of somebody than they deserve to be thought of. Touch me, God, when I'm doing that, when I'm lifting churches or ministries or anything and I'm putting them before you. Please touch me, God. That's what the church needs. It needs the people who would put Jesus and lift Him up. Touch us again, Lord. And don't let us get caught up in that mess. Are you all with me? Then, in verse 26, He sent him away to his house. He sent him away to his house. All right. Anybody want to go home? You know what home is? What's home? Think about it for a minute. What is home? Heaven? That's going to be our ultimate home. What's home on this earth then? What do you do at home? You be yourself. You be yourself. You, be, you stop trying to impress people. Is anybody here trying to impress somebody in their home? You going home, you trying to impress your wife that you're something special? You know? Are you trying to make your kids think you're the most spiritual thing in the world? Does anybody do that? That's, that's what he's saying. Go back and be who you are. Be what you are. I tell you, when I'm at home, I'm not a pastor. When you're at home, you're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're not a cook. You're not a nurse. You're not any of those things. You can go home and take your mask off and be whoever you are. In fact, I've been told by my wife a few times, listen, you ain't no pastor around here, pal. You start that pastor stuff on me and you're out. She's told me that. She'll call up here and I'll be short where I mean, what's your problem? Well, I've had 98 phone calls in a row. Well, I'm your wife. I'm not any of those people who called you. I'm your wife. You're my husband, so you're not going to do that to me. That's what being at home is. You can go home and you can be who you are. You can go home and put your pajamas on. You can not shave that day if you don't want to. You can act any way you want to act because you're not trying to impress nobody. You're not trying to get any praise from people. You're just going home being yourself. And that's what Jesus was saying. Listen, pal, why don't you just go and be yourself? Be who you are. Quit trying to impress people. Quit trying to get your mask off. Be real. Find out who you are and be that. I'm not looking for who I am at home. Are you? No, you're not. Now, if I'm, this is the way I am. If I'm real, I can tell you how. If I'm real comfortable with you, you come out of my house, if I got my pajamas on, I will leave them on. You know, I'll just sit around my pajamas and talk to you. I'll read the newspaper on you. You might be sitting there, I might pick up the newspaper, and it's because I'm comfortable with you. Begging, you can't be doing that. You got company. Now, if I'm not real comfortable with you, I'll put some pants on and a shirt, and I won't read the newspaper on you. I've got some people who come to my house, I don't even hardly talk to them when they come. It's because I'm comfortable with them. I don't have to talk with them. I'm just being myself. Now, I'm going to be nice and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's human decency. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being yourself. And that's what Jesus said. You go home, you just go back to being yourself. You go who find out how you are in Christ. You be that. Go home. That's what the Lord's saying to the church today. Go home. Quit trying to be something you're not. 
Find out who you're supposed to be and be that. Go home. We need real people. The world needs people that's real. I mean, I don't care if you're an odd character. Be odd. That's what you are. The leaven of the Pharisees, to be seen by men, you're not doing that at home. Let's stop doing that in church. Let's stop doing that in the work world. Let's start doing that in the market. Let's be who we are. Now, don't be wearing your pajamas to the grocery store. They may not like it. You know, Microsoft, this is their dress code at Microsoft in, in Charlotte. Anything that you can walk down downtown streets of Charlotte, if you can wear it there, you can wear it at work. That's their dress code. People go to, go, go to work at Microsoft, people making six-figure income barefooted in shorts and T-shirts, tank tops. That's Microsoft. Then he said, uh, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. This is the last thing. This is a restriction. This is a restriction. You can't go back into what Jesus led you out of. He led him out of that town. He led him away from that place and told him to go home. You can't go back. You can't go, and whatever going back to you is, if it's a bad attitude, if it's religion, whatever it is, you can't go back to it. Because if you go back to it, you're going to go blind again. You're not going to be able to see spiritually again. You just can't go back. And see, a lot of people go back. A lot of people, God touches them, and they go back. And they want, and we wonder why those people backslide, because they went back to what they came out of. And Jesus said, don't go back there. You ain't that. You ain't going to impress nobody. You ain't going to dress all this way and do all this stuff, listen to this thing or do that. Don't do that no more. Stop doing it. Just go home and be who you really are. Who cares what the crowd thinks? Who cares? That's what Jesus was saying. That's hard to do, especially if you're a young person in college or high school, you know, because of peer pressure. But it's the truth. It's the truth. People get in trouble because they follow the crowd. People backslide because they let their friends influence them. Oh, it's okay to do this. And Jesus said, no, don't do that. I got you out of that, man. I delivered you out of that mess. Don't go back and do that again. Just don't do it. Don't go back. I guarantee you many of us in this room have been saved and delivered from things and we're starting to slip back into them. And it's blinding you. And we don't, need a, we don't need this blind leading the blind church. We don't need blind leading the blind Christians because where are we going to take them? We need our eyes open to be able to see where God is, what God's doing, so we can follow God and we can take people with us. That's why Paul says, follow me because I'm following Christ. But he saw Christ. It wasn't an arrogant thing. He wasn't drawing attention to himself. He was saying, I'm going towards Christ because my eyes have been opened and I'm seeing him. And I'm following, I can boldly say to you, you can follow me and I'm going to take you to him. I'm not going to take you to myself. Are you all with me this morning? And I think this is the word from the Lord for us. God wants to heal our blinded eyes. Everybody close their, bl their blinded eyes this morning. <laughs> close your blinded eyes. There was a guy, well, oh, that's not the microphone. <laughs> Y'all need to loosen up. Don't be criticizing me about this. <laughs> I know you're judging me. <laughs> there was a guy in Zimbabwe. He was with this old man and who was very much a spiritual father. And 
this guy, these angels came to visit this man. This literally this happened. These angels came, walked right through the wall. And the guy got scared. He was with the old man. Went and crawled up under the bed. He was so scared, man. You'd be scared too if you saw somebody walk through this wall here. I would scare you. It wasn't me. Yeah. I'd be begging God, boy, I pray this is you, Lord. If it ain't, we're in trouble. If we can't deal with somebody who can walk through walls. He got under the bed and had his eyes closed, but he could see him still right through his eyelids. <laughs> That's powerful, isn't it? And those angels sat down and had a conversation with this old man. Talked to him. I don't know what they told him, but they told him some stuff that helped that nation of Zimbabwe. So close your eyes. Let me ask you a question. Have you back, are you a backslider this morning? Have you gone back to what God delivered you out of? I want you to raise your hand. Just Nobody's going to see everybody's eyes closed in here. Okay. Backsliding. Thank you, Jesus. If you're a backslider this morning, Jesus wants to help you. Because he's saying, this is what he's saying to you. Come home. That's what he's saying to you. Come home. Come home. Come home. That's what he's saying. For those of you who raise your hand, Jesus is saying, come home. Is there anybody here who doesn't know Christ as Savior? You've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You've never had a salvation experience. You've never prayed, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need you to save me. I know I'm going to hell without you. And you're doomed to hell. You could die today and be in hell today before this day's over. If you cannot say in your heart, if you cannot be assured in your heart that you know that you know Jesus Christ and that you know your soul is secure in His hands, would you please raise your hand because Jesus wants to save you. He loves you. He doesn't have a judgment for you. Anybody, anybody like that this morning who needs Jesus, needs for Jesus to save you? It's a good, good day to get saved. It's a good day to get saved. Lord, I just ask you to release salvation in this room. Release salvation. Now, is there anybody in this room that felt like at any point in this message that you felt like God was talking to you? You just felt like there was something there that God said to you. That you really feel like you need Jesus to help you. Raise your hand. Anybody? What I'd like to do is I'd like to get some people from the ministry and say, we're going to pray for you this morning. And ask the Lord to, for those of you who raise your hand for the three things I said, is I would like for us to be able to pray for you, pray with you, and ask Jesus you know, for the backslidden to help you come back to Jesus, to help you come home, help you to be who you really are. You don't have to be something you're not anymore. For those that God has really spoken to about your, your spiritual blindness or whatever He's spoken to, it may have been something else that I wasn't even saying. That's okay. We love the Lord to talk to you no matter what it's about. So would some people from the ministry team come out here and stand and face, stand and face the people. And we're going to pray for you and bless you. Remember, I felt like the Lord said there's a few people that He could touch. A few people. That Jesus wants to cut. I mean, I, but I, you know what I think was sad about that? That Jesus said there was just a few. Because I think everybody in this room needs a touch from Jesus this morning. I think every one of you sitting in this room, whether you realize it or whether you're willing to recognize it, you need a touch from Jesus. You need a, I desperately need a touch from Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus more probably than any of you when it comes right down to it. But Jesus can't touch us many times. Not because He doesn't dearly want to. And I'm just saying to you this morning, there is an opportunity. It's not Lori or Fran or, or any of these people. It's Jesus. They've just, they have just said, we will be a channel for Jesus to touch this person. 
Amen? So, Father, won't you just come up now? Let's just be praying. And, <clears throat> and I'm going to pray for the rest of you. I know some of you need to leave and all that. But let me just pray for you. Just miss you, my Lord. Father, I just believe that you want to...